friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Monday, February the 7th, and wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's life and God's beauty and God's goodness today. Thanks for being present with me, breaking open God's word, opening your spirit, opening your heart, saying, Lord, how does this fit in my life, and how can you be more present in and through me today? So, my friends, we are going to finish up uh, the sixth chapter of Mark's Gospel. It took us two days last week to get us through chapter five. Well, uh, it didn't take us much longer. It took us about five days to get through chapter six. We always don't listen to, to Saturday's Gospel. but uh, So, um, short story today, short Gospel. And if you recall... These last two chapters, Jesus has been in and around the Sea of Galilee. He's been crossing over, can't tell you how many times, and we're going to hear that again today. Uh, and so um, just know that's, that's where people knew him well. Those were his people. It was up in Galilee, and he is happy to stay among them at least for this time. But everything has its season, and we know that all too soon that will end as well. So for those following along, uh, we will be Mark chapter 6, verses 53 to 56. Let's break open God's word today. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. After making the crossing to the other side of the sea, Jesus and his disciples came to land at Gennesaret and tied up there. As they were leaving the boat, People immediately recognized him. They scurried about the surrounding country and began to bring in the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. Whatever villages or towns or countryside he entered, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they may touch only the tassel on his cloak. And as many as touched it were healed." My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the first thing, my friends, I have to tell you is I have to come with a mea culpa. Mea culpa, mea culpa. I, uh, I was looking at a map. I'm like, okay, he is coming to land at Gennesaret, and I don't know where that is. So I looked at a map, an ancient map of where is the region of Gennesaret in there. And do you know what I looked at? Of course, it's right along the Sea of Galilee. It's kind of, if you're looking at a clock, it would be at about 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock. It was kind of a a garden, you know, just kind of a a region uh, that bordered the Sea of Galilee, let's say from 10 to 11 o'clock on a clock. But what I learned, and I've been telling you something wrong for the past two years on this podcast. Every time I talk about Capernaum, I talk about how that if it were Lake Winnebago, north to south, and, you know, not too wide distant, uh, it, Capernaum would be Fond du Lac. It's on the south side. Well, I look at this map, and I'm like, Joe, you are 100% wrong. Capernaum is Appleton. Capernaum is totally at the top. It's at the north side. I don't know where I got the idea Capernaum was at the south. Does it really matter? I don't know. Maybe not, but I guess I want to be honest with you and tell you the truth, and so... If you went into a trivia contest and you, the, the, the million dollar question was, where is Capernaum uh, in relation to 
uh, the Sea of Galilee, and you said south, and I lost you a million dollars, I owe you a million apologies. I blew it for you. Anyway, it's on the north side. Um, and the land of Gennesaret kind of borders it. So if, if Capernaum is at 12 o'clock again, uh, think of the region of Gennesaret where Jesus is going now from where he, he had, I don't even remember where he was, but he was in a boat, traveled around, and he landed there. And that's where all this took place. Two things I want to talk about today, besides my ridiculous lack of understanding of biblical geographic, uh, you know, locations. Uh, the first is this. As they were leaving the boat, people immediately recognized him. They scurried about the surrounding country, began to bring in their sick on mats, etc. But they, as they were leaving the boat, people immediately recognized him. So last Saturday, I had a funeral in Sheboygan. It's last sa- uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, for a gentleman by the name of Bill McClellan. I invite you to keep Bill in your prayers. Um, but the, the gospel I chose was John chapter 6, verses 37 to 40. And I'm sure you're all like, oh, of course, Joe, why didn't you pick that one? It's perfect. But that's the one where Jesus is basically saying, I came to do the will of my Father, and this is the will of my Father, that I should not lose anything of what he gave me, but that I should raise it on the last day. And he says it basically back to back in sentence, uh, in, in verses 39 and 40, basically saying, I came to do the will of God. So what is the will of God? If we ever ask, what is the will of God in our life? Uh, this is it. John, look at John chapter 6, verses 37 to 40. I came to do the will of my Father, and this is the will of my Father, that I should not lose anything of what he gave me. Ultimately, the will of God is life. The will of God is resurrection. And in this funeral, in talking about the funeral of the man, I talked about those areas where he was, he was just fully alive. Um, and that life only comes from one place, right? I mean, we try to seek life in a million different places, right? I mean, goodness sakes, those of us, we can go back to that 1980s song, Looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking, okay, you don't want me to sing anymore, and I don't want to sing anymore. But we do it. We look for life in places and things and through people that don't have the ability to give it. Why? Not because they're bad people or bad things or places. It's because we're looking for life in places that that cannot give life. Because life only comes from God. And, uh, and we know the difference. When we look for life elsewhere, we call it addiction. But we know it when we see it. And, and that's what I talked about in the reflection for Bill this last Saturday. We know true life when we encounter it. I mean, in those instances where there is just that connection with, with that other in our life, whoever and what, wherever that other is, uh, or others, plural, or we're out in the midst of creation and we are filled with something beyond us. We know life when we experience it. And, and we know that that only comes from one place. That comes from God because there is only one who gives life. There's only one through whom we experience full life. Well, I bring that to this reading. As they were leaving the boat, 
people immediately recognized him. Well, on the one level, on the outer end of the onion, of course, they recognized him. Hey, I saw him before, six foot tall, had the beard, long hair, wearing white flowing robes. That's Jesus. I saw a picture of him, you know? I, I, I was told about him. I recognize him. But, but again, remember, brothers and sisters, Scripture is layer after layer after layer. As they were leaving the boat, people immediately recognized there's something about him. There's something about him that I can't get anywhere else. Now, were there people in there who were just looking for a free ticket? Looking for a free meal? Because he just fed the 5,000, you know, just before? Yep, you better believe it. Are there people just looking to say, hey, my grandma's not feeling well. Let's just get, get her healed and we're, we're on our way? Of course, of course. There are people like that today too, right? But there are those others who recognized him and who recognized more than just him, but saw the life, capital L, within him, saw God, capital G, within him, within Jesus, just knew that they were in the presence of something greater. I say this, brothers and sisters, to invite us to have eyes to see and ears to hear. But really, I mean, more than just our eyes and our ears, but I mean, really, we're talking about the eyes of our heart, right? And the ears of our heart. Because really, it's on that level that we know God and that we experience God and that we know it in the presence of love and life and joy and beauty and goodness. Brothers and sisters, God is present to us all the time. The issue, of course, is our presence to God. Are we present to God? And how can we open our spirits, our very beings up how can we train ourselves? Because that's, you know, that's, that's the, the, the work of a lifetime, right? When Paul says pray without ceasing, he isn't meaning just say words every day, do the rosary constantly or whatever it is. He's saying, how can we be open to the Spirit of God always and recognize when Christ is right in front of us and recognize when life is there? We look for it in every other place, but we don't find it there. There's only one through whom we find life. Second point is this. Uh, like it, whatever villages or towns or countryside he entered, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch only the tassel on his cloak. And as many as touched it were healed. You know, one of the things I get to do now as, as a chaplain in hospice, uh, I get the, the privilege of being invited into people's homes and and to their rooms, and, you know, I, I don't know them. They're, first time I, I meet them, I'm introducing myself, and, and they don't know me, and I don't know them. But yet, I get to come in there, and, and oftentimes, not all the time, it depends on, you know, on what their desire is, but it depends on my own hands more than anything else, because they're so cold all the time, and I don't want to harm people or wake them up or whatever, but... I often take their hand and I get to simply caress it and hold it. And I get to take my hand and, and caress the, the side of their head and, and move it through their hair and look deeply within them. My point is, my friends, there is something to the healing power of touch. Because we know we're seen, we know we're loved, we know we are um, 
we know we are in the presence of another when another takes our hand or gazes deeply into us or, or lays their hand on the side of our cheek. What, how, well, I'm trying to say, how do I say this? At what level do we bring that into our, our day-to-day life? I'm not saying, hey, everybody hug it out today. We have to be honest to who we are. Uh, and we can't uh, try to be something we're not. But I guess my, my, my point is, and I invite us to just look at our, our, uh, how we move through the day. What are our common actions? And is touch a part of it? Because we are created to be tactile people. We are created not as, as independent people. We are not a rock or an island unto ourselves. We are social beings. And part of that not only is listening to another and talking to another uh, and gazing at one another, but it is touching one another. Be that a handshake, be that a hug, be that a kiss on the, on the cheek or on the hand or whatever that looks like. And it brings healing to relationships. It brings healing to a spirit. I mean, the people that I'm visiting as hospice, they're going to die. And so it's not healing in that sense. But it's healing in the sense of they know they are loved. They know they are held uh, by an other. And they do not move through this situation by themselves. And I think that's what touch does for us. In whatever instance it is, be that our children be that our grandchildren, be that our spouses, be that our parents, be that our friends, how can we reach out and let them know through whatever touch is authentic to us and to them uh, that can bring healing and life to that? Because it clearly brought healing uh, to these relationships here, to these individuals, to these people who were seeking out that person who was authentic in life and they recognized something deeper and they wanted to touch and be a part of that. We bring the healing ministry of God with us, my friends, through touch. We get to do that. It's part of the reason that the sacrament of reconciliation is so powerful, that somebody gets to look at us and even touch us and, and remind us, you are forgiven. Because that's part of what touch does. It communicates so much more. What do they say? Only 7% of communication is words. What's the rest? Well, touch is in there, my friends. So may we bring that in our tool bag uh, when we go out in mission and ministry uh, to heal those around us and heal ourselves, by the way, as well, uh, through using that gift of touch. It's one of our senses. May we use it well. Let's pray. We move through the glorious mysteries this week, my friends. And so let us begin as we begin all things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The first glorious mystery, Jesus rises from the dead. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, thank you for being present here today and breaking open God's word with me. Let's make it a wonderful week, okay? And uh, blessings to you and God's peace.